welcome to the Cosmic Creatrix podcast. Robin Rivera, your host here, and this is a space for the magical woman to give herself permission to be all that she can be and to walk away with tools for self-healing and right livelihood. You are worthy of abundance. I see you. I know you. I am you, a feminine being who has the ability to create with cosmic potential. So open your heart, open your mind, and join me on this adventure we call life. Hi, listeners. It's Robin Rivera here. This is our first episode of the Cosmic Creatrix podcast. I'm super excited, and I want to launch this baby by sharing vulnerably my path, my passion, and my story with you all so you can feel into if you resonate with my mission and my medicine. So I am a medicine woman, a mentor, and a conscious entrepreneur, and I believe wholeheartedly that true freedom is going to come to us through radical, radical self-acceptance. I am someone who grew up in a family that was having a lot of dysfunction. Uh, You can say that it was mental and physical child abuse. Uh, I've since come far along on my healing journey that I no longer blame my parents for that. Sure, there's still stings and hurts here and there, but you know, it really has been a driving factor in my personal evolution Uh, the abuse and the chaos that I experienced as a young child, I believe really catapulted me into the fast track of spiritual awakening. Because I know suffering so deeply in every bone and every cell in my body, I believe that's what empowers me to help other people because I, I know, I feel, I can empathize, and I've been able to cultivate incredible self-healing and resilience uh, like gifts from that experience. And so I I wanted to create this podcast because I know the path of suffering and I know the path of resilience and I know what it's like to be triumphant and have miracles create in front of your eyes with diligence in the heart of a warrior. And so I'm really speaking to the woman who knows that she's magical but it's just yearning, yearning to be free from the confines of her mind and from her projected reality. And so my story, you know, started with a lot of physical and emotional abuse, and that turned into a life of serious self-destruction. I remember after a Halloween party, um, waking up in, at, in this house of teenage boys, and I had already been running and drugging and in living the fast life for about a year and a half, um, I had started drinking many years before that. But I woke up after Halloween night in, from a party in this room of this boy's house, this older man's house, really. And I didn't know what had happened to me. I was in a lot of pain. I was very groggy. I looked up at the ceiling fan and I saw uh, my halo because I was an angel that the night before I was dressed up as an angel. I saw my halo headband dangling from the ceiling fan. And in that moment, I just did not know that my whole life was about to change. I didn't know um, that I had experienced gang rape. Uh, I didn't know that I was going to be tormented at school and drop out 
run away with drug dealers and end up institutionalized for a long time. So that that moment was a pivotal moment in my life where I had given up. I had decided wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly that there was no one in this world that was going to protect me or help me survive other than myself. I had already had that inclination since I was a four-year-old little girl in my chaotic home, but that moment, I thought that I had friends. I thought that I could, you know, buddy up with the other bad girls and bad boys and that we were going to, like, do this life thing together and being bad. But after that night of being um, raped by multiple people while I was unconscious, I had alcohol poisoning, Possibly some drugs, uh, roofies might have been involved. We're not sure. Uh, I had realized, like, even my best friends were not going to be able to protect me from the dangers of this life. And yeah, I just proceeded in a life of serious self destruction. I hated the person that I saw in the mirror. My skin was crawling. And the only way that I found freedom was if I didn't care if I lived or died. And so I lived the fast life. And uh, I I entered into transformational work uh, very young, so 12-step programs, institutions who had uh, counseling and seminars. I ended up being locked up for 13 months in Ensenada, Mexico at a behavioral modification as a last resort for my parents to kind of try to save my life. And there I, I discovered this language of self-help, this language of accountability, this language of facing your shadows and and admitting your wrongs and atoning for your mistakes. And although I wasn't able to get my life together at that young age, it was as if I was witnessing myself uh, bulldoze my life from a witnessing seat, but I couldn't do a damn thing about it. I watched myself make poor choice after poor choice. I would wake up mornings with horrendous hangovers just wanting to die, every cell in my being um, purging, and just the incomprehensible demoralization. Like, what has become of my life? What has become of my life? And I, I just felt so heartbroken and so lost for so many years, so many years. I just, I didn't have the emotional wherewithal to hold a job, to pay bills, to file taxes. No one taught me how to do taxes. I was just like this lost little soul living in the world, trying to figure it out on my own, was crashing cars, getting DUIs. I began um, uh, exotic dancing because it seemed like the best option for an emotionally distraught, traumatized young lady. So when I was 18 or 19 years old, I think I was 18 years old, I entered the exotic uh, dance industry and that was perfect for me because I could make my own schedule and um, I could pretend to be confident on stage. I could take my trauma and turn it on its head and say when and where I was going to get sexual attention and this time I was going to take your money for it. And I found it very empowering for a while. I had constant attempts to try to change my life along that way. You know, I'd have uh, mornings where I would wake up with that incomprehensible demoralization, just horrified at the drugs that I had done, horrified at the people I was hanging around, and just knowing in the pit of my stomach that 
I was meant for something so much greater and I just couldn't get there. I just could not get there. I would try time and time again to go to rehabs and 12-step programs again. I lived in and out of the AA program for a long time. And thank God, thank God that program was there. Thank God that they opened their doors to me and I can come crawling in there at every age of my life. Uh, they really saved my butt. It didn't end up being the program for me because of um, certain you know, conflicts of spiritual beliefs, but it definitely was a, a safe place for me to go and to receive support and to learn about humility and grace. So what ended up happening is that I found myself living in LA, even deeper in the uh, sexual exploitation world, so deep that I was about to be exploited by a sex trafficker and I didn't even know it. Uh, I was living with a rapper in LA. I was, it was all such a whirlwind. I was a, it was a fog. It felt like I was living in a, in a nightmare. It was such a fog. So I, I, I was going through the breaking process with these men. And, and if you don't aren't familiar with human trafficking, a trafficker um, mentally breaks down a woman by many different uh, cult-level mind control tactics. Sometimes it's violence. Sometimes it's emotional violence. There's always some kind of violence. Um, trickery, all these kinds of things. So they tricked me into this uh, performing at this party, um, being a hostess at this mansion record release party, um, I was very delusional. I just didn't really know what was going on. I just thought I was helping out because they're letting me live with them for free. And lo and behold, I found myself in this parlor room uh, with these men who I thought were my new friends and they were beginning the breaking process and emotionally um, bulldozing me. I was believing them for a little bit, but that strength, that that part of me that that remembered that I was meant for something greater told me, whispered to me, Robin, just go along with it. These are dangerous people and you're going to need to get the heck out of here as soon as possible. So just so just keep crying. Just keep crying and, and pretend and just get through this. Get through this moment. So I got through it without getting hit. They left the room and I spent about an hour um, planning my escape. So uh I started my escape and a couple of people tried to corner me and keep me. One woman tried to put me in a van and I just kept running and I was running barefoot in a cocktail dress, a black cocktail dress running uh, through Beverly Hills mansions. And I ended up hitchhiking with uh, somebody who drove up in a black Range Rover and I hitchhiked and I was just totally broken, totally distraught. All I had was the cash in my pocket and I took that cash and I took my little broken down Jaguar and I, I ran, I ran away back home to my parents and I abandoned all my belongings, abandoned my whole life. And I just knew that this was the end. This had to be the end. And, um, a week later or two weeks later, I discovered that I was pregnant, um, from an ex-boyfriend who I had met in, in the nightclub and I was going to become a single mother for the first time. And thank God, thank God for that pregnancy. That was the only thing to give me the fire to my feminine power to get me to change, to get me to, to, to believe in myself in a new way, because now it wasn't just about me. Now there was an innocent child involved and there was no way in hell that I was going to drag her through the chaos that I had created. 
And so after the many hundreds and maybe thousands of attempts at changing my life and being a quote unquote good girl, now I really, really had high stakes on the table. And so I decided, you know, when I saw that pregnancy strip say positive, I decided I'm going to do whatever it takes. And there is not one person that can stop me. There's not one person who can detour me or um, uh, prevent me from believing in myself. A sense of peace and comfort washed over me like I had never felt before. And I knew that I was meant for this. At that same moment, I remembered uh, a moment when I was doing Hurricane Katrina relief volunteer work in New Orleans and a prophetic uh, woman priest, I don't know what you call them, pastor, uh, she had the gift of tongues and the gift of prophecy. She had laid down at my feet one time when I was about 21 years old and told me that God told me I was going to be a really great mother one day and I believed her. And so when I was 23 years old, I just ran away from a sex trafficker and I saw that pregnancy strip. I knew that I could do this regardless of my history with drugs and alcohol, regardless of my mental stability at that time and my circumstances. I did it. And I did. I walked laps every day around the park and I prayed, God, please create me into the woman that you would have me be. Please heal me. Please transform me. And I prayed that over and over again. And that's what has happened in my life. I tapped into some kind of creative force in my being that I was able to accomplish miraculous things that I never, ever would have dreamed to do. And no, neither would anyone else probably see in me except for a couple people. But I went on to discover how to go to college through the county welfare system. I discovered that I was smart and that I could apply my street skills and reading people and strategizing to the college setting. I won more scholarships than they ever saw. I won 36 awards. I got a full ride to UC Berkeley. I studied social welfare. And then I went on to get my master's degree in consciousness and transformative studies, which was really the, the meat and potatoes of my transformation. It really gave me a terminology. It gave me words and studies and research to describe the transformation that was taking place in my life. My consciousness that had expanded so much, so rapidly that I could hardly keep up with it. Now I had words and, and students and teachers to talk about that with. It was exhilarating. I was introduced to shamanism and ancestry work. And through that journey, I discovered that my grandmother was a practicing curandera and she wasn't just a witch like everybody had said, that she her roots were steeped in deep, ancient wisdom. And so I've been able to reopen that lineage and to study that myself. It's a practice of curanderismo. It's a Mexican folk medicine. And I've just been on this incredible journey of entrepreneurship, taking my gifts, taking the suffering, taking the academics, and transforming it into something that can be of use in the world. I've become a survivor leader in the anti-human trafficking industry. Wow, I didn't know if you're so emotional. And through there, I've found sisters who stand by me and who believe in me and who have coached me along the way to become the woman that I am today. And I'm not perfect. I'm still healing. But as I'm healing, I'm able to create businesses. I have multiple businesses, online businesses, coaching things. And I do hold healing retreats for people. I'm able to do this as a healing woman, as a real person, as a servant of the divine. And so that's 
what I'm bringing to you all here today is that the way that I've been able to do this was not being a victim. Sometimes we have to go through victimhood as we are healing through the process to actually recognize that abuse and and harm has taken place. But after we go through that victimhood, now we can take radical responsibility for the choices and the beliefs that we have made in our lives. See, I'm not responsible for the people who harmed me as a child or for the things that happened to me as an adolescent or even as an adult. But I'm 100% responsible for the creations that I have made after that, from that, and going forward. I am responsible for the movie that I see with the eyes that I'm looking through right now. I'm responsible for my missteps and my triggers. And through that responsibility, I get free every day, in every moment. And it's not easy, but it's exhilarating and it's magical. And the things that I have been able to feel and experience and transform are out of this world. And I want that for you. I want that for you. I want you to know if you're listening right now, there is a reason that you're listening to me right now. If you feel me in the pit of your stomach, in the depths of your heart, it's because we are seeing each other. We are not different. Maybe the details look different. Maybe our skin color looks different. Maybe our family dynamics look different. But you and I are the same. We are spiritual beings having a human experience ushering and walking each other home. I am here to share my journey with you and to share other women's voices along the way so that you can thrive. You have a gift inside of you that only you know, only you can bring. And I want to help you bring that to the world. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for listening to my journey. And I can't wait to hear from you. I cannot wait to see what we can create together and what radical, radical, powerful women that I can bring on this show. I love you. Namaste. Thanks for listening to the Cosmic Creatrix podcast. I hope that this episode has touched you in some kind of way. You can definitely support us by going ahead and subscribing and leaving a bomb review. This will help us reach more women and impact worldwide. And I'd love to connect with you more on Instagram around topics of healing and conscious entrepreneurship. So follow me on Instagram at Robin Rivera Ignites. And if you like to see how I work with people, go ahead and check out my website, RobinRiveraIgnites.com. Join us next week for more feminine wisdom, inspiration, and practical tools for the modern day magical woman. See you next time.